everyone. Welcome back to the Continue the Conversation podcast. We're so glad that you are tuning in. My name is Tanner, and I am here with Michael Compagna and Marla Stroop, and we're so excited to be here. We're going to be answering some questions uh, that y'all have sent in. Uh, if you haven't seen our other episodes, we have four episodes before this. You're going to want to go back watch those. So much great info. Uh, you want to make sure to see these first, then come back. We're going to answer some questions that you sent in, some questions about the Bible today. It's going to be really impactful. So we're just going to dive right in. You I know, love it. We've been in this Types and Shadows series, and we've been looking at these Old Testament stories and extracting great truths from these stories and seeing how they point to Jesus. But a lot of these stories, when you look at them on the surface level, right, you don't see all of that information. When you read when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, obviously there's some spiritual truths that are right there in front of you. Yeah. God can make a way when there's no way. He's with you when you're surrounded. He's for you. Those are there, but you don't necessarily think salvation, right? Right. You, you don't necessarily think baptism. Those, yeah. are, those are a little bit deeper. So a lot of the questions mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today is really how do we get there? What do we do to understand those things and how do we get to that level of depth so when we read the bible we can extract all of that out That's so good. michael i'm going to send this first question to you and it's simply this how can i understand what the bible means if i don't know all that background if i'm reading that and i don't know how this points how can i get there where do i start what do i do sure it's a great question um i think the most important thing and it sounds obvious but a lot of times we discount it is we have to go in and read the passages that we find difficult. Yeah. Right. So a lot That's of people true. avoid the Old Testament because it's not like, as you say, it's not as obvious. It's not as yeah. uh, clear exactly what is the application sometimes or, you know, what is this weird story or this set of laws? What does it have to do with me? And so we skip them. Yeah. You know, we'll just go read Ephesians again or just read the Gospels again. And yeah. that's good. We need that stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but the Bible tells us that all scripture is useful. Yeah. And so we can't. There's things God wants to tell us in Lamentations. There's things yeah, God wants yeah. to tell us in Habakkuk. You know, you don't want to get to heaven and meet Habakkuk and be like, I'm sorry, bro, I didn't read your book. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not good. It's embarrassing. So we have to actually make the effort to read them yeah. for the first, you know, that will be the first thing. Uh, and then to uh, find some good resources that help us grasp some of those historical contexts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, find you a commentary. There's free commentaries online. Find yeah. you... Uh, someone who maybe has been in the Bible a little longer than you, yeah. and just sit down and ask. I think we yeah. we fail a lot of times to appreciate the resource we have in the body of Christ yeah, for totally. helping us understand and interpret Scripture. That's correctly. good. Yeah. Um, so that'd be my first two things: is to actually read the thing, yeah, uh, and then to kind of bounce some ideas off other people and even some some dead people. Find some good commentaries. <laughs> Uh, you know, hear what some of the saints of old had to say about some of these things. They, there's some great scholarly work out there. Uh, yeah. You can get a serious study Bible. We sell a really nice NLT study Bible in the yeah. uh, cafe, yeah. actually. My son reads it, and it's been uh, very helpful for him to kind of get not just what is the Bible saying, but who was it written to? Yeah. yeah. Who wrote it originally? Yeah. Yeah. What was going on politically, culturally, economically yeah. uh, at the time? It just kind of helps, especially because the Old Testament in particular, is not written to Christians. Yeah, It's written to Jews that lived on the other side Ancient of the world times, yeah. uh, a long time ago, speaking a different language. Yeah, And so we have to figure out how to build a bridge from what was happening in their day 
to yeah. what's happening in our day. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's what biblical interpretation hermeneutics is all about. Yeah. Building that bridge for ourselves. Okay, hermeneutics, explain that a little bit because some people may have heard that for the first time. Sure. Hermeneutics is simply uh, how you properly interpret scripture. Okay. Right? We actually did a class on hermeneutics yeah. on Tuesday nights. If you want to sign up, yeah. you should come yeah. to Tuesday nights <laughs> yeah. uh, and take hermeneutics with Dr. Ferris. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just the fancy theological word for interpreting the scripture rightly. Yeah. I think, you know, you talked about knowing who was written to, who wrote it, all those things. If I know that Paul is writing and saying, Hey, you can get through hard times, just build your endurance, you know, lean on Jesus. If I know he's writing that from like a mansion, you know, he's enjoying a good, um, you know, outing by the pool that changes (laughs) things. But if he's writing it from prison, which in most cases he was writing those things from a difficult place in his life. I read it differently. Sure. Yeah. Okay, you can you can say that. So it, that's huge. Knowing who wrote it, yeah. where it came from. Yeah, and that's it, awesome. And the challenge with a lot of that stuff is that the Bible assumes the audience already knows. Yeah. And so we. Oh, that's good. You know, thousands of years later, yeah. we have to do a little extra work. Yeah. Uh, because you know when when Moses wrote the law and handed it to the people. He knew all of them knew the circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And he assumed they would tell their children the circumstances. So the yeah. context of scripture was supposed to be part of passing down the scripture to the next generation. Yeah. Because yeah. Moses didn't just tell the people, hey, teach your kids the law. He said, teach your kids the law, tell them the stories. Yeah. Mm, so that stories, when you pass yeah. when you pass the rock of Ebenezer, point to it and say, this is where we cross. That's Jordan. good. And then help them understand not just what does the Bible say, but or what does the scripture say, but why what was going on at the time. Yeah. And so the when Israel stopped existing as a nation, uh, when you know we move into the New Testament, some of that context, you know, even changing languages, uh, some of that context was not lost, but it's just not in the text itself. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it just we do have to take a few extra steps to to yeah. learn that stuff. But there's a lot of great resources for that. So Yeah, I think the the biggest revelation I had when it came to studying the Bible from my own personal life is when I started to learn what was going on in the places that these letters were written to or the gospels were in or the yeah. Old Testament, what was actually going on in Babylon? Like what was Babylon like? Sure. What was Persia yeah. like? What was happening in first Corinthians? Because the problem is Paul writes a lot of things that are kind of like, whoa, why should I do that? But if you know what's going on in Corinth, you know sure. what's happening in that church in Corinth, then you're like, oh, that makes more sense. And yeah. so knowing, like having all of the context for who wrote it, who was written to, and then what is really going on and the culture of what was going, not just like, hey, these are the historical events, but what was the culture like? What was accepted in that culture? What was unacceptable? What was the shift in culture? Because that's happening in Corinthians. There's being a shift and it's like Paul's like, hey, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And so yeah. learning those really make scripture come alive sure and i I think besides just the the benefit of understanding the history of that stuff better this type of bible reading is important because it takes it takes me out of the center of my bible a lot of times we come to scripture and we say all right what am i going to get out of this and we do the same thing on sunday mornings too we show up at church or we show up to our bible study time and our own growth or this problem I'm dealing with or this thing, this sin that I'm wrestling with, that becomes the purpose of my Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. If we come to scripture saying, all right, 
I'm not the main character of the story. Oh, that's yeah. good. Jesus is the main character yeah. of the story. In fact, I'm not even the main character of my own life. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus good. is the main character of my life. Yeah, right? that's good. I'm either the villain or I'm the idiot that needed rescuing or both. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <clears throat> if I can approach the word with the idea, the point of the Bible is to reveal Christ to me, yeah. not to reveal myself. Yeah, myself to me. Yeah. yeah. Or a better version of myself. Yeah. To me. yeah. If Jesus is the focus then, ironically, I'm actually going to grow yeah. in the ways that I need to. If I'm yeah. constantly pursuing myself in my Bible reading, yeah. I'm never actually going to get anywhere. Yeah. But if I'm pursuing Christ, it's good. Yeah. if I'm trying to understand what's really going on with those people, not just with me, yeah. if I'm trying to understand what God's really saying also to those people, not just to me, yeah. then I have a better chance of actually getting out of my time in the word what I need yes as opposed to I'm looking for this one specific thing and I'm yes. going to read the Bible till it says what I want it to say yeah. yes that's dangerous well yeah I want to piggyback off of that thought because all right so we're reading the Israelites they're crossing the Red Sea and we go man that points to salvation that's the interpretation I'm getting yeah like, how do I make sure the interpretation I'm getting is correct. How do I make sure that what I'm reading is question. correct and I'm not reading it for me? I'm not trying to make it say what I want it to say. How do I sit back and go, I want to get this right. Here's what I think it's saying. What, how do I check? What do I need to do to make sure what I think is right? Sure. Well, I think first you have to go with original context like we've been talking yeah. about. The first thing the Bible says is simply what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into... Types and shadows and analogies and Christophanies and all these things that we love to read into the scripture. What does it actually say? Yeah. And to whom? Yeah. And why? Once we have that settled, we can go to the next level. As a Christian in the modern day, generally, what could this say? Yeah. yeah. Right? And so in that instance, we're looking for patterns, right? There's plenty of stories in the Old Testament about an innocent individual dying to cover the sins of a guilty individual. Yeah. Right. So anytime you see that pattern, the New Testament makes very clear that is Christ. That is yep. showing us mm. what Christ is going to do. Yep. Right. So we can see that all throughout like the Old Testament sacrificial law. Mm -hmm. uh, we can see that uh, with, uh, you know, anytime uh, Adam in the garden, right, when they yep. sin and God has to slay an animal and cover their nakedness, all those things throughout scripture over and over and over and over again. Innocent dies to cover the sin of the guilty. Well, that's prepping our hearts or the yeah. hearts of the Jewish people, not our hearts, yeah. hearts of the Hebrew people for the Messiah that was going to come one day. Yeah. yeah. Right. So looking for those kinds of patterns. Uh, anytime, that's good. Anytime we. And then the, the third thing, if we're going to do like Tanner said, I'm reading in this story seems to be an analogy for salvation or analogy yeah. for, you know, something New Testament idea. Uh, I would say generally, if you're the only person who's ever seen this in the Bible <laughs> in 2,000 years, you're probably misinterpreting something. You mean somewhere. you're not the smartest person in the world? Not just in the world today, <laughs> in the world. but in the world ever, yeah. in the last yeah. 2,000 years. Uh, it's not likely that you have discovered some new revelation, that God has spoken some new revelation to you he's never spoken before. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to the canon of Scripture, right? That's closed. Yeah. There's no more ongoing revelation of, of God through Scripture. So we can't add to God's Word. Now, I would say for you personally, you may get something out of reading a story in the Bible that I didn't get. Sure. But it's okay. It's specific to you. Yeah. That's fine. As long as we're not trying to say, this is for everyone, 
rather than, ooh, God spoke to me in yeah. my situation about my deal. And that yeah. kind of, you know, in the moment, Holy Spirit speaking to me as I read my Bible, Yeah, that kind of thing can be fresh and new and unique to you. Yeah. But uh, a general, oh, no, everyone has gotten this wrong and I'm going to fix it for us. Yeah. Man, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you need to, that's why we need to be submitted to good teachers. Mm -hmm. That's why we need to be in church on Sundays. Because yeah. me being in church on Sundays is more than just me hearing the Bible and hearing it taught. It's me acknowledging I have something left to learn. Yeah. That's good. And so I'm going to come to church and I'm going to hear good teaching. I'm going to submit myself to good teaching. And if the preacher says something that I don't agree with, well, now it's incumbent upon me to see, have I gotten it wrong? Yeah. Or do I think they've gotten it wrong? And we're going to, it's a conversation we're going to have together. That's what yeah. discipleship is. Yeah. It's never true. in isolation. Yeah. If I'm discipling myself, I'm going to get into error no matter what. Ooh, yeah. that's good. You cannot disciple yourself. You must be in submitted relationship with someone else. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's great. You know, I think about a couple of things when I think about tackling scripture, reading scripture. One is we know in scripture it says God is not the author of confusion. Sure. Yeah. So, the Bible's not this puzzle book that I'm trying to solve, and he's like waiting, saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you figure this trying one to out, keep pieces away yeah, from yeah, yeah, I'll reveal this one this time, you know. But I do believe also, as he reveals to us, he continues to build this relationship is built yeah. as we, you know, through the Holy Spirit helping us, we learn more about him. Yes, it's a yeah. book about him. And so he's not the author of confusion. He, he, in fact, if you read the Bible, not just in like pieces, like sometimes we take it as a inspirational quote book, right? Yeah. We pick out one yeah. thing and we say, caption for my Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes. But if you look at the Bible as a whole story, then you're seeing who God is yeah. throughout the whole, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. We miss that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, we waste a lot of time, I think, when we approach the Bible as a subject to be mastered mm. rather than the revelation of God. Yeah. That's, that's good. good. That's good. Um, Cause you know, I used to teach a lot in, in night school here and we get a lot of young believers, new believers coming to me saying, man, I just, I wish I could know the Bible as good as you. The point of studying the Bible is not to know the Bible. The point of studying the Bible is to know Christ. Yeah. And ultimately, because that's the goal, none of us know anything about the Bible yeah. <laughs> because the infinite amount of things we can learn about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I know a little more than the next person, or a little less than the next person. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we're all just discovering Christ every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, we're trying to better our walk with Jesus. Yeah. Ultimately, that's, that's the goal. Because I've known guys that study the Bible in a secular way. You know, I'm just going to mm -hmm. learn this text. And I'm, you know, and um, I remember I had a religion professor at LSU, and this guy knew the Bible inside and out. But man, mm. he was a heretic. He didn't know anything about Jesus. Yeah. He knew way more about the scripture than me. He didn't know God. Yeah. Mm. And so we have to be careful that our pursuit of knowledge doesn't overtake our pursuit of Christ. That's good. That's yeah. great. And one more thing just on the interpretation part. I've always heard, you know, scripture interprets scripture. Right? Use the Bible to interpret the Bible. Absolutely. I can remember one time I was studying and I read the scripture and I had this thought. And I was like, oh, this is a good one. I just remember... I journaled, I'm just writing it down. Oh, this is so good. And I got to the end. I was just so proud of myself. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And immediately 
I thought of a scripture that completely made it wrong. I, never forget, <laughs> I took it and I, I made a huge X and said, this isn't true. Yeah. But, you know, you have to say scripture, what's in yeah. Psalms has to be confirmed by what's in Proverbs, has to be confirmed by Matthew. It has to be confirmed by other things. If it says it just in this one little pocket, right. except if it's an inspirational quote, we can't base our theology off of this. We have to make sure it fits in the whole narrative. The it whole context. The whole yeah. 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 That's yeah. good. All good theology is consistent throughout Scripture. Yep. So that's a good. That's point. good. That's good. And so, Marla, I want to throw this question to you. You know, I think when we when we read the New Testament, it is somewhat easier to read and get, you know, what I need from it. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird to say, but I can read that and, and digest, digest it a little bit more easy. When Jesus says, hey, don't do this, do this, like, okay, I got that. Yeah. Old Testament can be a little harder to digest. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Um but with that being said, how do I approach the Old Testament? Yeah, I know I should read it. It's God's yeah. word. What, what do I need to do in my approach to get something from the Old Testament? Yeah. Hey, I'll say this first. I love reading the Old Testament. I'm, yeah. I love reading about the stories. I get into the history. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. I just kick out on that. But the Old Testament is for us, even though it's not about us. And yeah. I think you talked about that earlier. Yeah. You know, it's we read about all these people. We read about circumstances. We read um, the laws. It's all these things, right, for a group of people. But I think it's a picture of God's plan. Mm. It yeah. shows us the whole story, and we get a picture of God's character, who he is, yeah. and this narrative of God saying, hey, I'm about, I love you. And you need yeah. to see it through the way I want justice for you. Yeah. And so you get this picture. And if we neglect that, we miss the character and the justice of God. So we yeah. can't ignore it. Um, it gives us life principles. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts us all finding out who he is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, And I think you can you know, see these character stories and they are relatable. You know, yeah. like, oh, this is what they went through. They had these issues and this is what God was uh, doing in those moments. And one of the things I remember when I was studying the Bible, uh, in my y- younger days, I'm not that old. I, don't know, I can't say younger <laughs> days. Back in my yeah. day. Yeah. Younger Tanner. Um, but when you read the old Testament and then you read the new Testament and sometimes it's like, God seems to change its character. Oh you yeah. Know? It's like old Testament. It almost seemed like God was just wrath and yeah. anger and judgment and man, Israel would mess up and boom. The earth is going to swallow somebody and a city would mess up and he would rain fire and sulfur on a whole city. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. And yeah. then you get to the New Testament and it seems like grace and mercy and yeah. God's so long suffering and just turn and receive his grace. And it's like, okay, scripture is very clear that God is one. There is one God. He didn't just change. So like what, what was happening? And it would be hard to read the Old Testament because it seemed like an angry person. Um, and then what I realized, the only difference between the Old Testament and New Testament is really the cross, right? Oh. It's Jesus. And yeah. what happened on the cross? Well, God poured out his wrath, yeah, his judgment, his anger, everything we deserved, and Jesus absorbed it. And so now what is awesome, you go back and you read the Old Testament, and I read this moment where there is a judgment that seems crazy, and now I realize, well, that's what I deserve. Yeah, right now. that's so good. But yeah. Jesus took it. And so I'm able to see, you know, the New Testament, God is still just. Yeah. God still Same God. brings punishment, but he put, if we're a Christian, our punishment on Jesus. And if not, that punishment is coming later. You just yeah. got to get the yeah. revelation. See, it's not a different God. And so I know some people struggle. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't like the God of the Old Testament. I like the God. No, it's the same God. 
but it makes you appreciate the cross even more when you realize right. he took that brass. So good. Um, yeah. I think that will help when you read the Old uh, Testament. And then not just the Old Testament, but in all of Scripture, I think sometimes we have a tendency to read somebody and they mess up, and we do. I would never. Right? <laughs> Peter Peter denies Christ, and we go, I would never. Right. You know, you got the Israelites, the ten plagues. He splits the sea. He's leading them by fire and a cloud, and he's get they're getting food from heaven, and then they get yeah. to the promised land that he promised them, and they're like, yeah, we can't take that. I'm like, I what is wrong with you? Yeah. The reality is, we probably would, and worse. And so, how do we step into their shoes and realize we're just like them? Well, I'm gonna ask you that question. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like I see myself um, all the mistakes, all the things, and going, you know. I, I mess this up a lot. I need God. But I do. You think you see the Israelites, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, but they're at the Red Sea. They've just been through seeing God send 10 plagues, yeah. seeing him turn things into different things. I mean, yeah. it's miraculous things happening. And I don't know the exact timeline. Do you know the exact timeline of from when they leave Egypt to they get to the Red Sea? Is that... I mean, I know it wasn't a lot of miles, but it's... Yeah, not, I mean, a day, two days. Okay, so a day or two, yeah. and they're like, oh, no, it's water, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, he just turned water to blood back there. I think he can do something here. Yeah. But I find myself in that all the time yeah. of thinking, okay, I, that's me. I think also, too, we try to see, like you were talking about earlier, ourselves in these stories. Yeah. And the truth is there's a bigger picture. Yeah. Sure. Right. Well, we try to see ourselves in the heroes. Yeah. 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 Right. Everybody wants to be David. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants to be the Israelites whining at God in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Not claiming that one. Sure. But I mean, the truth is, we're never the hero of these stories. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to look for analogies, we have to look for all right. Who's the person that needs rescuing? Yeah. yeah. Who's the person that's failing? If we want to see ourselves in the scripture, we have to look at the the worst person in the story. Yeah. The best person in the story is usually a good analogy for Christ. Yeah. You know, in the story of David and Goliath, we're not David killing our giants with the help of God. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jesus yeah. is David yeah. killing yeah. our giants. Yeah. We're the Israelites who needed to be rescued. Yeah. <laughs> we're scared. Yes, we're hiding. <laughs> Terrified. Yeah. Uh, because the enemy has come and we can't defeat him. Yeah. yeah. And then this man comes from Bethlehem and he stands between us and the enemy mm. and slays. The devil we couldn't slay. Yeah. And we're free because of what he did, not because yeah. of what I did. Yeah. Um, I heard a quote uh, this week actually about this. It said that most heresies tend to elevate myself mm. and downplay what God has done. Mm, that's right? good. So if I'm interpreting any scripture in mm -hmm. a way that makes me look really great yeah. or gives me hope that I could achieve something, yeah. I'm probably reading it wrong. Yeah. If I'm reading scripture and I see how small I am, mm. how dirty I am, yeah. and see how much Christ can do in me, yeah. Yeah. now I'm interpreting correctly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You know, is Isaiah 50 something, we'll go with it. it, says his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways yeah. are not our ways. I think I get in trouble. The more I read scripture, and I know it's like this with everybody. The more you read scripture, the more you realize you don't know. 
Yeah. It's like the more you dig into things, the more you realize how big God is. And I think that's where we lean in and we trust him more and we lean on him. That Proverbs 3, 5, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and yeah. he will make your path straight. Yeah. I think it is acknowledging how big he is. The more you read, yeah. the more you know the, in scripture, the more less you realize you are capable of yeah, and yeah. you know. Which is great. That's where salvation begins. That's right. I can't do this on my own. That's yeah. right. That's it's, good. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about approaching scripture, you have to do it with humility. Yeah. Like if there is pride when you approach scripture, like you know something, you're not going to get what you need to get out That's of it. That's good. But if you come with humility, God, I, I want to see you. I want you to speak to me. I want you to reveal things to yeah. me that I don't know. I think God honors a humble heart. Sure. And then you're able to see yourself as which is kind of why I like the Old Testament because it's just a bunch of failures after failures after failures. Like I relate with these people. Yeah. I I know what it's like to screw up, and I know uh, what it's like to God to come through. And yeah. But, yeah. And one of the values in the Old Testament is the length of time we're presented with. Yeah. yeah. You know, the New Testament historically only covers 75, 85 years at the yeah. most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Old Testament, we get entire generations yeah. worth of stories. We get to hear about Joseph from birth to death. Yeah. in the Old Testament, you know, yeah. all the patriarchs. And we get to see David's entire life, yeah. a young, passionate man, an old, regretful man, everything in between. And yeah. It gives us such um, context for our own walk yeah. through those yeah, moments. Yeah, that's good. You know, we don't see, we have like a couple of days of Jesus as a 12-year-old, yeah. and then everyone else is an adult in the New Testament, and that's it. That's all yeah. we get. Yeah. Um, very little story. Yeah. in the New Testament compared to the Old Testament. So I just appreciate God taking the time to record all these people's lives yeah. so that no matter where I am in my own life, if I'm young and strong, if I'm old and weak, if I'm anywhere in between, good dad, bad dad, great marriage, rough <laughs> marriage, all the things, Yeah, I've got something in the Old Testament where somebody went through something like this. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so one of the last things we will talk about um, and it makes me think every every January we, we do the one year Bible, right? Do so we? We promote. It. <laughs> we, we at least most I, people I, maybe I, the five week Bible. I, I hope people. Are, well, we're going to talk about why. <laughs> it's because you read Genesis and it's awesome. Sure. And Gen, you're reading all these stories and it's great. And then you get to Exodus. It's awesome. Yeah. And, first half. And you're you're tr- yeah. You're, <laughs> well, you're you're tracking along in the New Testament. New Testament's great. And then Exodus is over, and you get three books back to back that just, you, you know, you wouldn't want to study those. You know, they're just, they're hard. They're harder books to get through lots of laws. And if I'm honest, I've skipped those sometimes. Be you know, honest. Tanner. I'll, I'll be honest. You just kind of Leviticus. Ooh, Deuteronomy. I'll read that some numbers. Yeah, whatever. Kind of just keep going. Just trying to get to Joshua. Um, Cause a lot, you get pages and pages of laws and you're like, yeah. this is, wild yeah you're getting told what to do if mildew shows up in your house you're like this is two chapters yeah. there's two chapters on that burn the house down there's, yeah. two, there's chapters? two chapters on what to do if mildew starts to come up yeah and, you know, what color it, what kind it wasn't clorox wipes that's what i was yeah. doing but <laughs> pull the house down yeah and so <laughs> you gotta draw circles around things and if it grows you got it's it's crazy so packs when we get to that section all about the law and all these laws i think there's a lot of discussion sometimes what laws for me do we obey the Old Testament? Is the Old Testament in the old and we're just new? Like, what do we do with the laws? Yeah. Uh, a couple things about that. First of all, you need to read it. 
Yes. Don't skip. Don't be like me. The law. Read um, the laws. I'll say this. It's not as long as you think. It feels long when you're in the middle of it, but <laughs> it's really not as long as, as you think it is. Um, secondly, you know, Tanny, you talked about earlier about <clears throat> the stories of God's wrath. Giving us motivation, be thankful for the cross, and I think the law uh, carries a lot of that same weight too. That's yeah. good. Yeah, they had to do so much stuff. Yes, yeah. to get themselves ready to come before the Lord and come have on. someone else, yeah. yeah, present their worship and offer. Yeah. yeah, all we have to do is roll out of bed and drive over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's because of Jesus. Yeah. So Pastor Mike is fond of saying, aren't you glad you didn't have to bring an animal to church today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? We don't have, you know, it's not my job on a Sunday to kill the calves yeah. Yeah. for all the people that want to go to the altar. No one's selling doves in the courtyard. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you need to read it to understand what people used to have to do. Yeah, that's good. Uh, number two, all of that is types and shadows. Yeah. Christ is all throughout that stuff. Mm. Yeah. If, you, if you're willing to commit to doing a study of, what can these laws teach me about Jesus? Yeah. Um, then you're going to get so much richness out of that part of the Bible. I believe yeah. it'll become one of your favorite parts of the Bible. Yeah. If you train yourself to see Christ in it. That's mm-hmm. good. Uh, thirdly, uh, to your to your question, why don't we do all this Old Testament stuff, or should we yeah. do all this Old Testament? Yeah. You know, yeah. why do we have church on Sunday, but they had the Sabbath on Saturday? Saturday and, yeah. You know, why don't we celebrate the Feast of Booths and all that stuff, which we do? It's called tailgating. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, man. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> so. Wow. Why don't we do all this stuff? Well, a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, a lot of those laws had to do with the establishment of a nation. Yeah. yeah. A physical human country. Yep. Uh, which no longer exists. And so we don't follow those laws because we don't live there. Yep. Right? Um, even the Israelites, when Israel and Judah ceased to exist, what did they do when they're in exile in Babylon? Did God expect them to continue following those laws? Yeah. Well, no. In fact, Jeremiah writes to them and says, "Hey, just submit to where you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah." He does plant say. vineyards, build houses. You live in Babylon. Yeah, you're yeah. there. Um, so they weren't following the law then. Yeah. We see in the New Testament, the uh, Sanhedrin wanted to put Christ to death according to the law, but they weren't allowed to. Yeah. So they had to appeal to Pilate mm-hmm. yeah. to carry out the execution. And so even among the Jews, they had stopped following yeah. a lot of those laws, particularly things like uh, property rights and you yeah. know, when do you execute a criminal and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. When the country ceased to exist, those laws no longer had effect. Yeah. Um, the second part of the law is the ceremonial law, how they yeah. worshipped, you know. What do you bring? How do you bathe? What clothes can you wear? What's clean? What's unclean? Yeah. And it's important to understand clean and unclean is not the same as evil or yeah. good. Right? Yeah. Those are different things. Um, the book of Hebrews is all about that. So yeah. if you've never read the book of Hebrews, after you read Leviticus, whatever your one in your Bible says, I don't care. Finish <laughs> Leviticus, go to Hebrews. Because yeah. it's immediately going to address why don't we do all this stuff. That's good. Yeah. Because the believers in the New Testament have the same question. Yeah. Hey, we're Jewish, we're Hebrews, we're saved. What are we supposed to do with this law? Yeah. And Galatians answers the same question from the Gentile side. Hey, we're pagans, we're Gentiles, we don't know anything about the law. Yeah, what do, what we, do we do with it? Yeah. yeah. And so Hebrews and Galatians approach the same question from two different ways. Yeah. Whether you grew up practicing the law or you didn't, yeah. these two things are going to give you the background you need. Um, 
basically it boils down to Christ is better. Yep. Christ is our high priest. Mm. Christ is the one. A better covenant. Yeah. He's the one that makes us ready. He's mm. the one that makes us pure. You don't have to make yourself pure. You don't yeah. have to make yourself clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't just purify you from your sin. He purified you from your ceremonial uncleanness. Yeah. And ceremonial uncleanness, that was basically you hadn't done anything gross or unhygienic that would disqualify you from coming to church, right? And one of the things I love about Christ as a rabbi, right, a, a, a Jewish rabbi, so they're very strict about their cleanness because they always wanted to have access to the temple. Yeah. And so in the Old Testament, it's very clear. You can't touch unclean things. Yeah. You can't touch unclean people. You can't yeah. touch dead bodies yeah. because their uncleanness will be transferred to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be unclean like the leper. You'll be unclean like the dead. But then here comes Jesus. Yeah. Yes. And the leper approaches. And what does Jesus do? My favorite. He touches, he touches them. Yeah. And instead of the uncleanness of the leper coming on Christ, Come on. Yeah. the cleanness of Christ comes on the leper. Wow. Yeah. He's so good. And the leper is clean yeah. because he touched the clean. That never happened before in the Bible. Yeah. Always unclean would make clean Ooh. unclean. Yeah. But when Jesus comes, clean makes unclean clean. So So we don't have to practice all that stuff because we have the touch of Christ who makes us clean, who makes us right. So no, I don't have to wash seven times because I went to a funeral Mm -hmm. before I go back to church. Christ has washed me. It doesn't matter. I can touch the dead because Christ touched me when I was dead. Wow. Right? So we don't have to practice all that stuff anymore. So good. Now, generally, the, the parts of the law that refer to morality. What is right? What is wrong? What is good? What is evil? These things are still in effect. That's why we still teach the Ten Commandments, because idolatry is still sin. Yeah. Sure. Right? So anything in the law that defines something as sinful, that still holds. Mm -hmm. Now, we, the difference is, for the people in the Old Testament, they had to do all that stuff in order to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That was the way into salvation. Yeah. We come out of the other way. We are saved first... Yeah. And then we're able to practice that stuff by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't have to uh, discipline myself to not be idolatrous or adulterous necessarily. I can rely on the Holy Spirit to give me that strength. Yeah. Right? I don't have to uh, white knuckle my way through sure, obedience anymore. That's good. Because now there's power in me yeah. that good. enables me to do those things that's the way good. that God intends. And so that's why when Jesus is asked about you know, what are the greatest commandments? He says, well, love God and love your neighbor. And this sums yeah. up everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's still true, mm-hmm. right? We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to prioritize what God desires, yeah. which you know, the Bible calls out the fear of the Lord, and to prioritize the needs and the hurts of those around us. Yeah. And if we can live that way, according to the power of the Holy Spirit, not according to me, not my flesh, yeah. not my strength or my self-discipline or my, you know, personal uh, acumen, if I can allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in me, then I'm going to naturally fulfill the law. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And that's something prophesied about in the Old Testament. God said, I will write the law on their hearts. On their hearts yeah. yeah. It's not going to be on a tablet anymore. Yeah. You know, when, when Jesus came, he said, there's, he sums it up into two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? And then love your neighbor as yourself. And I love Romans 13 to 8 says, um, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Cool. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. So good. 
And then even, you know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, the, mm. the people were following him and, you know, they want to make him king. And they asked, what do you want us to do? And he mm. said, the only thing to do is to believe in the one God sent. Yeah, believe in yeah. the one. That's good. Which, that's heresy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For an Old Testament believer. It went against. Yeah. That's against everything. Yeah. yeah. Because their whole religion was about do. Yeah. Do. Do all the stuff. Yeah. And mm. you'll be accepted. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, believe. And you'll be. Yeah. And God changes who we are. That's good. And that has power behind it that the people in the Old Testament simply didn't have access to. Mm. Yeah. And I, uh, like we were talking about this early before we started recording, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill, I came That's to right. perfect yeah. it. Um, and I was reading, and those words abolish and fulfill, uh, rabbis would talk about that quite often when they would discuss how to interpret the law and how to help people interpret the law. They would talk about abolishing the law, which was misinterpretation, and to fulfill it, perfect it, was to interpret it correctly. Um, and so Jesus is constantly accused of misinterpreting the law, abolishing it, because he's not saying the things that they think it should say based on their history, based on their knowledge. He's bringing some new things in there, like you just said, like just believe, like they're like, what, you are misinterpreting this. And yeah. he says, no, 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 I'm not misinterpreting this. I'm actually the only one who can interpret this because right? I wrote it. it. Yeah. And so, you know, when we look at this, we look, have to look at it through the lens of Jesus because he's the only one that can help us probably interpret it's it. so good. Because yeah. right? he's the one who perfected it. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, he stepped up and he became the sacrifice for everything. And so now these laws mean something different. Yeah. And so we can look at it through his blood, and it helps us to interpret yeah. it correctly. Yeah, that's good. Because it was, you know, and the, the Pharisees made the same mistake that we make. They assumed all the law was written about them. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't. It was written about Jesus. That's the way to bring it yeah. all. That's why Jesus can fulfill the law. I like Because it. he's the last chapter of the Old Testament. Yeah. And he's the first chapter of the New. Yeah. He brings it all together. That's mm. so good. Yeah, so, he holds it all together. That's right. So if we yeah. are looking for Christ in our Bible study, we won't be Pharisees who think we yeah. know it all. Whew. You know, we won't be. I'm like he uh, pointed at me. I, he that. did. He tapped you. Yeah. Well, you that. won't be like a Pharisee. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I just interrupted you, but I couldn't. No, you're I'm good. Sorry. No, we 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 will. If we look for Christ, we will get everything else thrown in. Yeah, that's good. If that's we good. look for ourselves, we'll get nothing. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the perfect sentence to end uh, this podcast. Well, come on. Thank you so much for joining uh, us. I hope this was helpful. If this was, please share it with somebody. Uh, put it out there. We want this to be helpful uh, for people. This is not the end of podcasts. These are coming back. So make sure you stay uh, on our social media. You have the app so you can see news when it comes about when the next podcast is coming. I hope you have a great day.